Hello and welcome to this week's episode of In The Frame. Today's guest is the amazing Vicky Manser. So Vicky's had an incredible career. She kicked it all off as an understudy and swing in the West End productions of Sunny Afternoon, Beautiful and Bat Out of Hell. She then joined the West End production of Six as an alternate and after conquering all six queens, she took over full-time as Catherine Howard before then going back into Beautiful, this time on tour as the alternate Carol. Vicky is literally non-stop alongside her performing career. She teaches, uh, she's she's artistic director at Sharp Academy and she also recently topped the UK country charts with her debut single, Pick Me Up. It's such a banger, it's so incredible and if you haven't listened to it, you must go and download it or stream it. Uh, It's an incredible song. I recently spoke to Vicky just before the release of her single and we chatted all about her music ventures as well as her path into the industry, her experiences in some of the different shows we've been part of uh, and she told all sorts of amazing stories. It was an amazing, amazing chat. Obviously, we are recording this series of In The Frame virtually, so sound quality is going to be a little bit different some weeks, but Vicky's energy and positivity is so infectious. I honestly adored every second of this. Here's the interview. Vicky Manser, you're In The Frame. Yes, I am, baby. <laughs> and you are sat, where are, well, to paint the picture, where are you sat? Uh, I'm currently on my balcony in my flat. Living your best kind of yeah. well, life, best as possible life, I guess. Best as How- possible. I would have been in the in the living room, but the dishwasher's going. I thought that might be a little bit uh, <laughs> too much for everyone. So. <laughs> So we've come outside. <laughs> how are you? Um, how are you getting on? How are you doing with everything? So it's been a good few weeks now. Oh, kind of... I mean, how many weeks has it been? I've lost count. Uh, I don't know, ten or eleven or something. Too many, too many. It's it's been. I'm not gonna lie. It's been up and down. It's been up and down. But I think you know, it's just such a weird time, isn't it? I think every everyone's in the same boat. So, and that's what's getting me through. I'm like, no, it's okay. Like we're all in this together. So get on with it Vic (laughs) I know well you're someone who I mean this industry has lots of people who are always very busy but you are someone who is really exceptionally busy because you're normally doing like shows (laughs) and teaching every day and doing all sorts of crazy stuff I love to be busy I'm a workaholic I have to say yeah I've just I just I don't know I just love to be busy all the time and when I'm not busy I feel like I should be doing something so I can't just sit still and do nothing I find that impossible and then because I guess because of that that's how you're using your energy to do something creative and you've been working on your music right and you've got some music yeah which is really exciting oh my god I'm so excited so this has been because you've always been someone who's been playing covers online and playing originals on your Instagram and stuff so people know you that like this is like your passion but how has this project that you're about to release how's that all come together I have got extremely lucky I feel um so yeah music's always been a massive massive passion of mine and um 
country music in particular like growing up that's what we would listen to my dad plays guitar my papa plays the banjo my uncle plays the mandolin so you know every family gets together it was like live jamming I sessions. love that because like, that's not oh. always a thing over here like country music so underrated over yeah here. oh my god yeah. so underrated so that I mean that was me growing up so I've always always loved it and that's like why I play and and stuff and um yeah always doing covers I never really had the confidence to write much until this year a lot and um and I said to myself at the beginning of the year I was like you know what this year I would love to release an EP I didn't put it out you know anywhere that was just like my little my little thing that I wanted to do and uh obviously we got into lockdown and Tim Protty Jones, who is an absolute legend, he got in contact with me on Twitter after I'd, I think it was after I posted my song I'd written about when I finished Beautiful. Um, and he basically said, you know, I really love your voice. Uh, we got chatting about country music and he sent me a song that he'd written with two other people. And he said, uh, oh, I think you'd sound really nice singing this. Like, do you want to give it a go? I was like, yeah, okay. I didn't think anything of it and like a couple of weeks later I sent him back just a video of me like sat on my bed playing this song and singing it and and luckily he really liked it <laughs> thank god and uh, and he was like right well what do you want to do with it and I was like I don't know what do you want to do with it and then he went well do you want to release it and I was like oh, are you kidding me and next thing I know we were picking out artwork and getting it all set up and that's how it sort of came about so um so yeah it just he's a legend what what more can I say <laughs> that's mad that's cool but that's so that's come to the quite quickly then really oh literally like we we did it in a couple of weeks from the time that it took us to say he was like right let's release it um and he sent me a guitar track uh of the song mm. and I basically have a cupboard in my bedroom and I ripped out the drawer and I stuffed it with pillows and I stuck my microphone in there. It's so makeshift, like you will not believe. Because um, I've only got a tiny little flat as well. And I just recorded it one Saturday morning in my bedroom. I sent him back the vocals and then he's like, because he's produced it all as well. So he was like layering it up and uh, and now we have the final shebang and it's ready to go ready to rock and roll wow yes that's incredible i love hearing about your influences there all the country stuff when did when you were growing up what how what came first was it that country musical but when did theater then come into the picture as well how did those two come together um well my uh my mum used to take me to dance class like every week four times four or five times a week I think it was in the end um and basically there was a school uh probably it was like 25 minutes half an hour away from my house there's loads that were closer but my cousin went to this dance school and I couldn't not go to this dance school because my cousin went there and I was like I have to go to that one um and so I always danced like that was my that was my thing I loved to dance um and I didn't start musical theatre until I mean I I didn't start it until I was 10 that's still (laughs) like so young but (laughs) I mean I I was literally just dancing up until that point or we started musical theatre classes I think when I was about when I was about 10 after I broke my leg multiple times and uh 
and realized that there was more to the world than just dancing which is when I started singing but it was always at home we would we would sing and we would play and and all that kind of stuff like the country music side is very much my dad's side of things mm-hmm. and then the musical theater is possibly like more like from my mum's side and then uh, the, the two have just married together married together and then Vital Korea have done so many shows which are looking at specific times of music you know bat out of hell that big music and then the kink stuff of Sunday afternoon so I guess it's actually really come in hand in hand those different influences. oh yeah it really has like so I've always loved live music because of what I experienced like as a kid and whatever and then when I got the job for Sunny Afternoon, which was my first show. And I mean, I'm so grateful. At one point, I wanted to give up guitar when I was a kid. I was like, oh, I don't want to do it because all I wanted to do is play songs. And as a kid, you go to guitar lessons and you've got to do like the classical side of it and learn how to read music and all that kind of stuff. And I and I didn't want to do it when I went to high school. And my mum, thank God, was like, no, come on, I think you should just carry on, carry on. And um, and that's what got me my first job, like the fact that I could play guitar. So mm. thank you, mum, for not letting me give up guitar. And uh, yeah, so I got Sunny Afternoon. And obviously, like that was just a massive like concert every night, just playing live music so loud as well in the theatre. And my dad is not a massive musical theatre fan. He, um, he, he it's not is not his bag. He came and saw this show like. 50, 60 times with my mum. He just fell in love with it because he's because he loves the music side of it as well. And I just I thought, oh my God, what a perfect, what a perfect job. Cause it's just everything that I love. It's musical theatre, it's live music, and like, oh, I just I feel so lucky that I got to do mm. that job still. Mm-hmm. Ever wondered what it takes to make it in the movie business? Peel back the curtain with 4-6 Success Filmmaking. 4-6 Success Filmmaking is where filmmakers share their stories and the secrets. It's beyond competitive out there. There have been movies that it's taken me 10 years to get made. Don't wait to create. Like, you've got to just keep making stuff. Tune in to 4-6 Success Filmmaking for your dose of cinematic realness, direct from the voices that have lived it. Sorry, I've like already. I'm jumping all over the place. So no, you were... <laughs> you're good. I'll, I'll do that as well. I'll just start on tangents. That's so kind of what, me back in. That's what it's all about. That's what this is all about. It's tangent central. This podcast. <laughs> so, so you were ten. You started doing MT. I want to know what what roles did you start doing as a kid? I love hearing about oh. what roles people did. When I, my my classic one is that when I was ten years old, I played Daddy Warbucks. <laughs> oh, and you my know, God. was when so you were unaware. When you were ten, that is brilliant. <laughs> so what were you what what were your roles well uh oh god what's, what's 10, on your cv I, <laughs> when i was 10 i had some cracking roles i think i was an apple seller in oliver once Classic. upon a time um we did annie as well um i don't remember being a part though <laughs> i don't remember being a part what did i do i was a, we did secret garden when i was 10 and i was a, i was a featured dancer so it took me a while to get into the into the roles to climb kids. the ladder yeah yeah to climb the ladder um i think the first one uh was 
I was, I, we did West Side Story and I was one of the Jets girlfriends and I had one or two lines. That was a big deal. That was a big deal. I was like, she's got to say something. This is big. This is big. Mm -hmm. And then um, I did Eponine in Les Mis. Wow. Um, That was, that was a big step up for me. Uh, Obviously huge. And I was like, oh my God, I've made it. I've made it in the, in my theatre group. And then the next one we did was Our House. And I really desperately wanted to be, so desperate, I can't remember her name. The <laughs> the lead girl in that. I know, you the mean girlfriend. the girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I wasn't. I was the mum. I was the Irish mum. When I was, when I was 16, that was, yeah. And then, and then, you know, then things, got, I was, I was Carmen in Fame. Oh my God, that was a dream role. So yeah, I've done I've done quite a few in the old. Uh, you have. This is back, quite back extensive. CV. <laughs> <laughs> when was there was there a, a moment or a time when you kind of a I guess realised that you could do it professionally and and b decided that you wanted to to kind of be like right I I want to pursue this because I know you you went to Sharp Academy right where you're now artistic director yeah crazy full circle thing I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about in a sec but when when did you kind of be like right this is I'm serious about this this is what I want to do literally I don't remember a time there wasn't a time where I was like this isn't this is what I want to do do you know what I mean I just there was never anything else it was always especially as a kid I wanted to be a dancer and then as I got a little bit older, I realised that I wanted to do it all. And literally just from from that point, there's nothing, there's nothing else that I've ever, ever wanted to do. I mean, if I wasn't doing musical theatre, I'd be a police officer. But there was never a time where I was like, I want to be a police officer. It was always musical theatre. That's mm. it. it was, there was nothing else. And if I wasn't going to perform, then my my way of making money would be to teach like it was just always that was it there was no other option but now you're doing all of the above you're I was doing all of the above teaching well, and performing officer, but, but you're not a police officer <laughs> <laughs> maybe who knows if this lockdown goes on for, for so long I might have to retrain <laughs> no let's not let's, that's a sad conversation <laughs> so I didn't mean that I didn't mean it I didn't mean it you're going to be back <laughs> on that stage before we know it, before we know Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Um, so you went to Sharp and then and then you went on to Erdang, right? So yes. was that an easy decision? Because obviously, I always think as a young person, there's so many drama schools and they're all so different. And and often the kind of advice you're getting from schools, it, it's, you know, it, they mean well, but teachers and stuff at school aren't always aware of the drama school world and what the different pros and cons are and parents aren't always aware and it's really hard for young people to get the right advice so what were you like how did you get your advice how did you decide right uh, dang that's where I want to go you've I mean you've hit the nail on the head there with teachers not understanding um I was I was quite academic at school I was very lucky that I I was quite clever. You might, you might not think it these days, but <laughs> back in the day, she was, she was quite clever. And um, they, I remember when I said we, we had, you know, you go through all your careers meetings and whatever. And I remember when I said, oh, I actually don't want to stay and do A levels. Um, I want to go off and do a B tech in dance because at that point, I didn't think I was quite ready to go to to professional uh, level training, and I felt like I needed. 
I needed some more concentrated uh, training. So I wanted to go and do a BTEC and dance. And um, they all were just like, sorry, what? You're not going to do your A-levels? And I was like, no, no. I, and I hated school, like really hated school. The bell used to go at the end of the day. And I used to run home and I used to time myself to see if I could get quicker every day, to see if I could get home quicker. Like I just hated it. Um, and uh, yeah, I got pulled into the head of year at one stage and um, they said, oh, we don't think you're taking your GCSEs seriously, like, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I just thought, oh my God, this has all come from me saying that I don't want to do A-levels and I want to go and dance. Um, and it was only one teacher that was uh, supportive of me and that was my maths teacher. Um, wow. and, and she said, you know, you, you go and do what you want to do at the end of the day. Everyone else was like, so cross, so cross. Anyway. I had my head screwed on and I knew what I wanted to do. And I went, I chose to go and do my BTEC because at the time when I was at Sharp Academy, uh, the choreographer there, she's called Tyra Fu, such an incredible dancer. Like, oh my God, this this woman is such an inspiration to me. Um, and uh, she, te she taught at this college, uh, Amersham College, and she like run the BTEC course with a couple of other people. And she told me about that. And I was like, yep, that's, that's where I need to go first. So I went and did that for two years. And so I was lucky because there they knew a lot about the bigger picture and, and the, the aim was at the end of the two years for you to go and audition for these colleges. And I had my heart set on arts ed. I was like, I, I want to go to arts ed. Everyone used to say to me, you're an arts head girl, you need to go to arts head, that, that's where you'll get in. And I believed it. I thought, yeah, great, let's go, let's do it, let's do it. And also, I was also such a home person, I didn't want to move away from home. Arts ed meant that I could travel in, it would take me forever and a day, but it, it would have been doable. So I auditioned for There, Birds, Lanes, Millennium, uh, Performers, and somewhere else as well, somewhere else. But not Erdang. But not Erdang, no. Erdang was not on my radar because I was looking, I was looking more so at schools uh, that I felt had a musical theatre reputation at the time. Lanes, not so much, but I figured that out as soon as I walked through the door and <laughs> did, a, did a 180 and walked straight back out again almost. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm not going to fit in here. Okay. This is not, this is not the school for me. And I mean, they didn't want me anyway, so it was fine. It was, that was not a match made in heaven. Um, but I was very, very lucky and fortunate to, to get a place. I got, uh, offered the foundation at birds. I got the three-year course at millennium, the three-year course at performers. Um, but I didn't get arts heads and I was gutted, absolutely gutted. Um, and partly for the reason I wasn't very well prepared uh, singing wise I was very well prepared dance wise I'd just done a two-year course I didn't really know what a legit song was what you know what that kind of singing was and um, so I, I wasn't best prepared for that and that was one of my earliest auditions and so I was really lucky I had all these offers and I just thought well that they're all offers where I'd have to move away from home and I'm not really too sure that I want to do that and so I auditioned for Erdang really late on in the year, maybe like May, June time. 
and uh, I walked in and I was like oh this is like fame yeah great let's everyone says that yeah let's go let's go let's go um I'm very fortunate that I got a place there on the degree and so I ended up going there purely because it meant that I could stay at home mm. which is which was such a big factor for me at the time mm. yeah that's that's why I went there and then what was that training like it's interesting you're saying how you're, you at this point you still didn't quite know what a legit song was and also you didn't feel confident enough before to to do musical theatre training so Anadang is known for being a really strong dance place. So how did you work on your vocals and what was your kind of journey, I guess, over the three yeah. years? It's so well, cringy to say, but you know what I mean. No, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I uh, It's an interesting one. I went into Erdang a dancer and I came out of Erdang a singer, for sure. Uh, I, um, it was, I mean, it was great. It got me wh- where I needed to be absolutely but I always I always thought that I was a a strong dancer and my singing was sort of like second to that and as soon as I got to Erdang and they they were like ah right you can sing and they literally just took me and and put me in that direction Um, and that's mostly what I ended up doing at Erdang I I did a lot of tap as well because I was already a good tapper. Mm. So, so they let me tap a lot. Um, there was, there's a lot of things that I would have, would have liked to have done and liked to have been pushed more in like, you know, street and, and that, for example, but um, there's so many people in a year group. It's, they, you know, they work on, um, work on your, your strengths. Uh, and, um, and they definitely saw singing as my strength. So that's, primarily what I was pushed to push to do and yeah I um I came out more confident with my singing than my dancing which I never ever thought would be the case but that is what happened that's incredible (laughs) that's really cool that's really interesting and then you come out and I I guess for this industry you're always like thinking about the next thing aren't you so you're like oh I I need to go to drama school to drama school and you get into drama school you're like right I need to get an agent, I need to get an agent. And you, you're like, right, now I need to get a job. So how did that kind of ambition of, of, of working versus reality, how, what, what, what was that like, you know, kind of suddenly leaving drama school, coming out that bubble, being in the real world, if you can call the theatre world that, and then <laughs> seeing what reality was like in the industry and then actually having to work hard to get your first job? Yeah, I mean, I... I was always determined that I was I was going to get there. There was like, you know, like from a kid, there was no other option. I was like, well, I will get a job and it will be fine. Um, and um, I actually got offered a job uh, just after I'd finished training at Erdang um, for Royal Caribbean Cruises as a lead vocalist. Um, but because I'd auditioned for that when I was at Erdang, it was through the Erdang agency not my agent who I was currently signed with at the time when that job offer came through I remember I did a pros and cons list because I do a pros and cons list for every everything in my life I always have to do a pros and cons list obviously on the one hand I had the agent at Erdan going oh my god take this job are you stupid and then I was like oh yeah but actually I I want to 
I want to just give myself some time actually to be in London and, you know, see how I can get on with all these other auditions and everything. And um, yeah, I, uh, I turned down, turned down the big cruise contract, which some people thought I was absolutely mental to do. But my agent, obviously, that I was signed with was really fully supportive of that decision and said, you know, you're getting seen for lots of things. Like, absolutely, let's let's see what there is and also for the fact that it I know that there are there are on Royal Caribbean cruises there are ones where they have like big musicals and things like that and that would that would have been the ideal um which wasn't the offer that I had at the time so um I decided to turn it down which was bold for somebody that had just graduated yeah. <laughs> um but luckily the risk paid off and uh I mean it took me a good while to get my first job and I was teaching in the meantime at Sharp Academy a lot uh choreographing and doing all that kind of stuff and it was the February half term of the next year that I got a sunny afternoon and that was down to my guitar I will just thank the guitar for that one because that was my ticket into the West End 100% for, for sunny afternoon you needed to be able to dance well not only dance you had to be able to dance tap dance um, sing, play guitar, play banjo, and act, obviously. So there was such a big tick list of things that you needed to be able to do to cover this role that they were looking for. And uh, and luckily, very fortunately for me, I could do all of them. And um, I just, I just, yeah. If I hadn't, if I hadn't played guitar, I don't think I'd be where I am now in my career. I think it's all down to the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> in that, like Olivier Ward speech, you need to thank yes. your mum for I'd making like you play thank... guitar. Yes, exactly, exactly. I honestly <laughs> believe, like, I don't know. I don't, obviously, I mean, everything that happens in your life could be so different based on one thing that's happened in the past. But I, honestly, I don't know where I would be now if I didn't play guitar because that was the thing that got me into the West End Mm. my first job out of college West End and it's because I could play guitar I'm sure of it amazing (laughs) and I love that show I mean you already said how much you loved it and but it must have been mad because you were covering lots of different roles oh my god I loved it absolutely loved it yeah that was my first experience of uh I mean, I would say of swinging, we weren't called swings on that job. We were offstage covers, but I mean, essentially it was mm-hmm. swinging. Um, I covered five tracks in that show. Um, and uh, yeah, oh my God, it was just the best experience ever. I just being surrounded by musicians as well, because obviously everybody in the cast played an instrument or more, multiple. I mean, there was one boy that covered all four of the kinks, so... He played guitar, drums, bass. I mean, you name it, he played it. And they just, everyone was just so, like, amazing. I was like, oh, my God, so cool. what am I doing here? <laughs> That's so cool. And then you go into Beautiful, right? And this, yeah. this, was in, this was when you did it in town and you were, like, second cover Carol. And you got yeah. you got one show during your contract, which was I've got incredible. one show. And, and that was, I mean, that's another, I mean, Beautiful was the most incredible show again, like something else in things, it's just the most amazing music, isn't it? And I guess lots of people like your dad come to see it who aren't perhaps massive theatre fans, they love this music. And then what I love, yeah. what I love about Beautiful specifically, and I'm, everyone says this, is that 
they go and they don't realise or they don't fully appreciate just how incredible Carol King is. And it really is, I think, out of all the jukebox shows, one where you discover the most musically about this person that it's about. It's mind-blowing. Um, yeah. What was that contract like? What was that job like? And that Carol show must have been so special. Oh, oh my goodness. Uh, that for me was the highlight of my career it was just insane I mean at the time I was oh maybe 22 23 and when I got the offer through of second cover carol um I asked my agent because I'd learned from sunny afternoon because you learn something new from every job that you go to so I'd learned from sunny afternoon that if you were second cover you weren't necessarily going to get on ever um and that you could potentially you know ask for some shows in your contract if you know if they're nice or whatever and I remember I asked my agent I said oh my god that's amazing do you think we could get a show written into my contract just so you know everyone can come and see it or whatever Mm. and they said uh they said yeah yeah we'll you know we'll definitely ask but don't get your hopes up because a lot of the time you have to be in the show for at least a year or whatever before they said anyway I had an email back within half an hour being like yeah great she can have one I was like oh my god and thank god I asked because CJ was a machine she never went off Lee who covered her was a machine she never went off so I never would have got on if it wasn't for this one show and Oh my God, every man and his dog came to see me that day. It was so special. Everyone, all my family and friends that came to support me. And I just remember coming out of stage door and just being overwhelmed by the amount of people that were there. Uh, It was just incredible. And like when I walked out, I tripped over, this is at the beginning of the show. I tripped over my dress. It was the first thing I did. I thought, oh God, here we go. I sat down on the piano and the lights came up and everyone just cheered. And I was like, this is surreal the rest of it is such a blur um but it was just the best night ever it was just the best night of my life the rest of the contract I'm not gonna lie to you I was climbing the walls a little bit it was I didn't get on very much it wasn't it wasn't like uh, I was covering a lot of parts so I was like just waiting for those weeks where people were on holiday and were like just give me something to do please please I just want to get on I want to get on but yeah, that show in particular was a highlight. But then from what I understand, was it Bat Out of Hell was like the flip opposite of that because there was oh, never a show God. when everyone was on or something mad like that. Yeah, we had one one show, I think, where every person was there in the building that should have been in the whole contract. It was mental. And I'm so pleased I did that job because after Beautiful, I really wanted to do a swing job I think I used Wicked as an example I was like I want to do I want to be a swing on a show where there is so much going on where everyone does something different like all the time just to see if I can do it I want to I want to see if my brain can actually cope with that amount and I mean Bat Out of Hell was just like the complete perfect job for me to be able to to do that on and obviously started off swinging nine girls by the end of the contract we were swinging the boys as well so it was 18 tracks in total which is such a difference to Beautiful, where I was swinging two parts and covered two and none of them danced. So it was just like, yeah, such a complete flip of shows. Couldn't get more different, I don't think. 
can you are you able to like sleep at night though because just having to all those parts in your head it must just be it's a huge crazy mental challenge as well as a physical one she doesn't sleep this one no she doesn't sleep it when when I'm in a show the only thing actually to try and get me to fall asleep is if I run the show from top top to bottom like that's that's how I'll try when I was in six I used to do a different one every night and act one perfect but I'd normally fall asleep by act two so that one wasn't so (laughs) act two was never so hot um I say act two obviously there was only one act in six but you know what I mean by the second half of the show um but yeah I'll constantly constantly running stuff I don't switch off from it but then I think that's that's it's good in a way because it's you don't you don't want to get complacent because that's when mistakes happen Mm. and even it going on for a track in bat that I'd done so much like I used to do a particular track quite a lot and if there was like a week or something where I hadn't done it I'd always go through my swing bible just to have a look and get that colored dot in my brain before I went on just to Mm. refresh even though I knew it and I could do it in my sleep there's no there's no harm in just being that extra bit prepared Mm. you must it must be something in your brain because I've spoken to some people before I think on this podcast who've who's talked about swinging and just said I did one contract once and I just couldn't handle it and it wasn't for me and then other people like you it's almost like a drug they love it and they love that challenge and they love taking it on (laughs) yeah I love it I love it yeah it's definitely swinging's not for everyone um definitely it's a lot of uh it's a lot of pressure as well because you know you don't want to go on and you don't want to be in the wrong place or I mean there was a couple of times I went on in bat and they couldn't fire the fire (laughs) because or the co2 because I was like half a step out or whatever I was too close and it would have been too dangerous so there's a lot of responsibility that that comes with being a swing and you don't want to get in anyone's way or it's a lot it's a lot to remember it's a lot to deal with Mm. Um, mm. some people are better suited to just doing one thing and that you know it's, it's not for everyone definitely mm. Mm. and then some little show called Six the Musical came oh just along. a tiny little thing <laughs> <laughs> and you joined at a really big time for the show because it had a season at the arts already and it'd been to the fringe and built up massive momentum and been on tour and the album was out, I think, and everyone was obsessing over it and it was kind of yeah. spreading. And then, I mean, obviously, they'd only had until you and Courtney joined, they just had Grace, didn't they, covering all six roles and already these so. crazy <laughs> situations were happening. And then you and, you and Courtney joined the show as other alternates. So when you joined, how much did you know? And the Vicky who kind of turns up to that first day of rehearsals, did you have any idea what you were letting yourself in for all right so I'll let you in for a little secret uh I had no idea about six at all I I literally I had never heard of it I think it came up in conversation once in our dressing room in Bat Out of Hell and Colette who obviously later went on to be in the show as well um I think her mum had been to see some something about Henry VIII's wives and said it was really good or whatever and we were all like what okay that sounds um interesting (laughs) and obviously I got the audition through and we were like oh my god it's that show that your mum was talking about that time like and we so we all sort of like clocked but at that point there was not a lot to watch on YouTube about it it was still very much like early days there was a couple of mega sixes on there but other than that there wasn't a lot to go by and the original job title that came through was Swing. 
for six. And I felt like it was time that I needed to, uh, I need, I wanted to like take the next step up the ladder and I fulfilled my swinging needs with bat out of hell. Like I'd done the big swing job. And I actually was like, said to my agent, I was like, look, I'm not, to be honest, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how I feel about it because I'm not sure that I, I want to, to swing again right now. And, uh, and they were like, look, let's, let's go. Cause I feel like there's potential for it to maybe go into something more. Imagine, imagine if I had not turned up to that audition. I mean, what a mistake <laughs> that would have been. Honestly. Um, so yeah, I mean, I went to the audition. I still didn't really have a clue how big it was. And it wasn't until going through the process, I sort of realized that there was quite a big hype around it. And then when the final offer came, came through and it was like, you know, alternate, um, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And then when me and Courtney got announced and our Instagram followers went up by like a couple of thousand in the space of a day, I was like, what's just happened? <laughs> and when we had, um, so Josh, who does all the social media, and he made a video for our announcement, mine and Courtney's announcement. And I was just like, oh my God, this is just like never happened in any show ever. Like we're not even, we, we don't have a part. We're, we're alternates and we're covers and we're, we're swinging the rest of the girls. But we've just had an announcement video made for the two of us. I was like, this is mental. Um, I think that's when I was like, this is, uh, this is crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's so crazy. <laughs> and I think, I guess it was a new thing, wasn't it? And having two new covers come in was a new thing. And you're right, Swing isn't really the correct job title because no. in that show, you're all essentially leads. I mean, you're all on as much as each other, basically. It's, you don't. And that's stop. what's so lovely about the show, I think. And what so many other shows could learn from Six is that there wasn't a main cast and uh, and all the covers like everybody was treated as equals and promoted equally and you know if I had a show on for Berlin they would tweet about it or they would say you know like they were they shouted it loud and proud they really celebrated their alternates and covers and and I just think that it's it's down I think it's you know a, a lot to do with how they promoted it as to how well me and Courtney got accepted because they, they, you know, you, you follow example, don't you? And if the show is saying, oh my God, look how lucky we are to have all these people, then people are going to go, oh yeah, great. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you shy away from a cover going on or an alternate going on or whatever, that's when you, I think you do get the people that are like, oh, well, that's not the main cast. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I wanted to see, I wanted to see that person mm -hmm. celebrate everyone, and then everyone exactly. wanted to see everyone. Exactly, it makes me really sad when some shows don't allow their covers to announce what dates they're going on or or things like that. It's 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 yeah. really important, I think, and it was so refreshing when, like you say, Six started doing all that stuff. It was a massive turning point, and yeah, now it's certainly set the bar for a lot of other shows, which oh, is so massively. good. Oh, massively, yeah, so they have good. set the bar sky high my friends mm, they mm. really have and i mean this must have been such a field day for you because you've got these six queens who've got completely different vocal styles and these songs are completely different in every way possible 
And I mean, also what I love about Six is that you're really able to go in, aren't you, and put your own stamp on it and to have fun with these roles. But yeah, and then you have this crazy swing brain ability already as well as we discussed. But what was it? <laughs> well, how did you kind of approach <laughs> having to learn these tracks? I know you kind of do it staggered, don't you? Right. But it must have been kind of overwhelming to kind of see the show, watch material and think I need to know every harmony line, every position, everything. It must have been overwhelming too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because obviously, as well, that's the most um, parts that I have ever covered. As in, like people that Rose, have dialogue yeah. and sing, and you know, and uh, yeah, I just um, I don't know. We were we had to learn a queen at a time, which is something different to how I've always rehearsed before. Because I would sort of learn as a, as a blanket and slot in here and there. For, for different people, that's just always been how my brain has done it. But we were under strict instructions, you have to learn a queen at a time. And so we essentially learned the show six times over. But I mean, it's just so rewarding once you do get to the end there and you you know, you realise that, you know, the entire 75 minute show, you could do a one woman show if you if you really wanted to. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you just got to, got to get in that zone of, whatever queen that you're playing at that time uh, and try not to say everybody else's lines or sing out somebody else's harmony or whatever um a lot of it for me is like a muscle memory thing so if if I know I'm I'm standing in a place that I relate to being Berlin or whatever then I'll know to sing that harmony because that's 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 how my that's how it all sort of fits together in my head. Whereas if I was the other side of the stage during that number, then I know that I'm not singing that harmony because I would sing that harmony if I was stood over there. Does that mm. does that make any yeah, sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, but I mean, I just I loved being able to play all six. I felt so lucky to have been able to do that. Incredible. And there's been crazy situations at six, isn't there? With people returning and people stepping in and people playing roles they don't normally play. Just all sorts of madness has happened. What springs to mind? Is there one story which it is like the most crazy scenario you can remember? I, I think the craziest one has got to be when Toby Marlowe came back. <laughs> what role were you doing did. that day? Well, I was one of the reasons why he had oh. to come back. I was off and I was gutted to miss it. And actually, I, um, uh, yeah, I hate, I hate going off. I absolutely hate it. And I think that was the first time and the only time in the contract that I was off. Um, and it caused that big commotion. And I was like, wait, never again. No, <laughs> no, I hate it. I really hate it. Um, so that has got to be the craziest. But I remember when, when Genesis came back the first time and I was there and she did Cleves. I just remember watching her thinking, oh my God, she's incredible. That girl has just got so much like confidence. And I just, yeah, I was in awe, absolute awe of her that day. I can't imagine like the adrenaline rushes that those kind of, I mean, that show anyway, but when those scenarios happen. Yeah, because you don't really know what's going to happen. I mean, Jen, bless her, I hadn't done the show in forever and had never done the version that we were doing. She'd never learned any of that choreography or, you know, so she was going like based on something that she had done years ago. And there's only so much your brain can take in when you look at a script first thing in the morning and you're doing it a couple of hours later. So everyone was a little bit like, right, what, what's gonna happen? Like, 
but you know everyone just rallies together and it's such a team effort and that's what part of the reason I I love being a cover as well is because mm. you just it's their instinct to just help everybody out and um and get the job done put on a show it must be cra- so. it must be kind of almost scary there when you leave because you never know when that phone's gonna ring and they're gonna be like we need oh, you tonight honestly, yeah literally when it happened to you didn't after, it yeah yeah I was back within a week <laughs> I thought, oh, I knew I was going to be back, but I didn't realise I'd be back this soon. Um, And I was sort of on standby, really, for a good um, month after I left. And I was sort of going back back and forth and waiting for phone calls here and there until I literally physically couldn't do it any longer because I was, you know, in Aberdeen. (laughs) Say tomorrow, they were like, Vicky, we need you. Could you... Would you be able to do it? Would you still remember it now? I'd go back in a heartbeat. I think I think it must be etched in my bones, that show, from the amount that I run it in my head every night. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it's one of those things as well, like you do something for so long. Um I taught a sunny afternoon workshop a couple of weeks ago and I put the music on and I thought, Oh my god, I'm never gonna be able to remember this dance. And there were there were blurry patches here and there but one look at a youtube video and you're just you're back in the game Mm. so i think that's what it would be like with Mm. six just a little Mm. refresh hopefully Mm. i'd be all right and obviously you got to take over as Catherine howard and that was incredible must have been amazing to when you get that different costume and there's lots of pictures It it must have been nice almost as well just to focus on one role and not have to run through the show every night it must have always been like a little like a bit easier it was um it was a weird thing actually to all of a sudden not have to be responsible for knowing anything else but the track that you do uh it was really nice to be able to put my own spin on the character um toby and lucy were very keen to you know they're 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 very keen for everyone that plays any role to not copy anything it's what you bring to the table and we sort of worked together to create like a new version of howard and um it was a a lot of fun discovering new ways of doing it because all of a sudden you know like the way that i played it before it wasn't it wasn't dominated by what i was wearing but obviously going from having shorts and being in blue and just being a bit of a lad about it um all of a sudden i was in pink and i was in a tiny little skirt and i had to be more i had to be more girly with it and i had to you know discover new things and that was a really really exciting thing mm-hmm. i still feel really lucky actually that like somebody said to me the other day like oh you're the only person to have had experience as an alternate for for all and covering all six of the queens and then actually playing a queen like full time as well and i was like oh my god yeah how epic is that i'm i'm one lucky girl you're in the history books the six history books (laughs) yes wall of fame (laughs) and then obviously then you go back into beautiful on tour and you're the alternate carol and you're getting to do it every week and i'm sure you got to play so much more with it it must have been really really special to, to get to take it on i just love that part so much i think it's just such an incredible part to play because I mean, she's just, she's so lovely anyway, Carol King, and she's so amazing in her songwriting process. And the songs that she's written are so beautiful and they're so lovely to sing. I mean, like, that's like my kind of music as well. Like, I just love 
I love her music and the story that she has to tell is amazing the journey that you go on from beginning to end you mean you start at 16 you end up you know late 20s and she's been through so much it's a really really lovely journey that you can go on like as an actor and I just I just love the part I feel so lucky to have been able to play it and as much as I did on tour but I'm still not done with it I'm still like no i I've got to do it again. I've got to do it again because mm. I just, I just love it so much. And I remember when I first went on in Bromley, my first alternate show, um, I was doing the piano bit at the end of Beautiful. And I just had this sudden, like, you know, when you just like all of a sudden just cry, like it's just so overwhelming. And I was like, oh my God, I get to do this every week for like literally an entire year and I just got so happy and emotional that I was actually getting to relive my dream again from what mm. I did in town I mean little did I know it only last 10 weeks but hey ho it was the best 10 weeks ever so we're grateful for that and I mean it looked like you guys had the most incredible time the stuff that you and Carly <laughs> Cook were doing on Instagram <laughs> all the time so much mischief but it, it looked like something just clicked like you all had the most amazing bonds and you were all on tour having the best time yeah we really were like I couldn't have asked for a better bunch of people I was so petrified about going on tour I didn't want to I you know I've always been such a home person and I've never wanted to travel like it doesn't interest me in the slightest and it's really really changed my opinion on a lot of things and I'm not scared to go outside of the London postcodes anymore like I'm actually excited to to see more of the UK and see more of the world uh, which I never thought I'd be able to say because I hate flying so much but it's all down to the people that I was with uh, they were so great and our little covering group especially um, we used to have to stay after so we would do like 10 till 6 everyday rehearsals and on a Wednesday uh, Monday Wednesday and Friday there was a group of us all the covers stayed until like half nine or something so we we used to call ourselves the little detention club we used to stay for detention and and learn all our cover parts and the group of us just became so close from the get-go um we really just they looked after me and uh yeah we had a lovely time too much fun <laughs> <laughs> I hope that the show comes back and we get to see it again. I was I was seeing it like a couple of weeks in Milton Keynes. I was so gutted oh, and then just so just annoying. Missed it. Just missed I it. do hope it comes back. It's timeless. Yeah, it's absolutely. Timeless. Oh my god, so 100%. it should do. And then tell me more about yeah. your about your teaching and stuff. It's so great. I love that you're that you're doing this choreographing and stuff alongside your career. Have you ever considered maybe wanting to choreograph more outside of a teaching scenario and actually choreograph kind of professionally? Would that be something? in the future that would get you excited yeah I really would love to do that I, I I've always been a very creative person and choreography has actually always been something that I've been very passionate about I wrote my dissertation about it when I was at Erdang doing my degree and I loved writing about it I think um my I can't remember the title exactly but it was basically about why there are less female choreographers in the industry than there are male choreographers and and looking into it was just so interesting. And um, because it was always something that I wanted to do as well, I thought later on in life, I'd love, I'd love to choreograph. I'm very lucky that I get to do it uh, at the college a lot. And obviously like choreographing for our big shows that we do and for Move It. But yeah, if the opportunity ever came to choreograph on a 
on on a different scale then I'd absolutely mm. lap, lap it up I love mm. it I love I love listening to a piece of music and instantly sort of getting a vision in my mind not really knowing what that vision is but seeing something and then at the end of the process going yeah that's what I saw do you know what I mean like I just I wouldn't be able to know how to get there without just just I don't know it's just a process it's just a really lovely process I cannot begin to imagine what goes on inside your brain your your, your, <laughs> your brain must be the craziest place you've oh got my like God, 1200 different stop. tracks you've got all this music stuff that's like going on you've got this choreography I don't know how you do it it doesn't stop honestly it really it doesn't stop I I sometimes need to just take a moment and just slow down a little bit because my brain does work at a million miles per hour it really does <laughs> how do you how do you how do you look after yourself and stuff because you often you're in these crazy jobs and you're teaching and you're doing shows demanding shows you have to really look after your voice and stuff and you've got side projects and you've got all you know the amazing support on social media but that's a whole <laughs> other thing to deal with as well so what what about like well-being how do you look after yourself kind of physically and, and mentally um, it's a really good question um <laughs> I'd literally if I if I'm not busy I panic I, I honestly it's something that I'm working on that I need to be able to just take some downtime and and some chill to appreciate what's actually going on in the moment and enjoy it rather than thinking about the next thing I think I'm always thinking too much into the future and at the moment that's really not a good thing to do um it's it's a little bit scary so it is good to just take a step back and just actually go oh my god look at everything that's happening enjoy it and take it in because I'm guilty for not doing that and then looking back going mm. oh I wish I'd appreciated that more or I wish I'd like you know remembered that moment in a different way I, I'm, I'm guilty I am guilty for not doing that but I do of an evening if I um before I go to bed I will just sit and binge watch some Big Bang Theory or Modern Family and fall asleep to that or reality TV I love reality TV I'm the reality TV queen <laughs> so that's that's how I uh, I like to chill <laughs> and with your voice are you someone someone who just tries not to think about it too much or do you have like routine way of looking after it how how careful are you yeah, I don't have a routine really. I'm not I'm not so regimented. I just um hope for the best. <laughs> but saying that, uh, I do um I do if I am the slightest bit tired, I will shut up. I won't talk. I used to do that a lot at 6 in the the slightest bit of me feeling ill or my feeling vocally tired, that's it. I don't talk for the day. Um, I get my hum- humidifier out and uh, will just and my little um, oh god what's it called it's a little thing that I breathe in and get the water vapor and I can't remember the name of it but I used to bring that with me to work all the time um, and um, when I'm feeling like those top notes are a little bit hard then I know that it's time to go and get a vocal massage because I can get very very tense and then I panic and that makes it 10 times worse. So those are the things that I do. But on a day-to-day basis, I just tend to just go with the flow and see Mm. what happens. (laughs) Mm. Mm. And finally, tell me about, you have so much incredible support out there, don't you? And it's, I love theatre fans because theatre fans, they're kind of fans that, 
aren't just a fan of a show, but they'll follow you onto your next projects and they'll support your albums and any like concerts and all that, all that sort of stuff. I think that's that's why you know this industry is so amazing. So what's what does it feel like now to have that support behind you? Oh my god, I feel so lucky. Honestly, on a on a daily, I just sort of look at all the love that I get on Instagram and Twitter and everything, and I just think, oh my god, how did this happen? Like I'm just little old me. I'm just Vicky and like you know when I used to walk out of stage door at six sometimes and and people would be so overwhelmed and I just think it's just me it's just me like what you know it's just and it's so lovely the support is absolutely incredible and something that really helped me on tour as well because I think everybody knew that I was really scared and and I saw a lot of familiar faces on tour that came to support me and lovely messages and, and gifts. And I was just overwhelming. And it really, um, it really did help me. And, and, you know, I just hope, I just hope that everybody likes the single when that gets released. And um, cause obviously, you know, it's not musical theater. It is something a bit different, but everybody is just, you know, the reaction to it so far just me saying that I'm doing a single and everyone's just got behind it and is so excited and I just think god there are some lovely people in the world there really are mm. I'm very very mm. lucky I think I'm sure everyone will support and everyone will be will be, will be left wanting more a single won't be enough oh. will be like, be like an album <laughs> campaign before you know it we need more music <laughs> <laughs> I hope so I'd love to <laughs> thank you so much for doing this this is like oh, flown by it's amazing to hear about your journey from being too shy to do a musical theatre course and <laughs> to suddenly soaring in the west end and jumping from job to job it's really really inspiring being the apple seller in oliver yeah <laughs> see and then i was danny warbucks and then i'm just here's that behind a microphone <laughs> didn't quite work out oh stop it <laughs> some of us saw others oh. you know. <laughs> um, but no it's luck. been lovely thank you so much for having me no worries good luck with everything people need to go check out the single i'll make sure it'll be on you. the description of this episode people can go and check it out and oh, but i'm sure on social media you. and June stuff it'll be there as well um and yeah i can't wait to see you back on stage soon oh thank you my darling thank you vicky andrew you're a legend thank you <laughs> lots of love oh, vicky is the best and if you haven't got her single yet go and check it out it's called pick me up it's on apple music it's on spotify itunes all the normal places it's just such a great song it's been stuck in my head and i hope that she releases some more stuff soon we need that vicky mansa album um thank you so much to vicky for taking time out on her balcony um, to record this episode of in the frame she was such a dream to chat to if you enjoyed this episode please hit that subscribe button you can leave a little review on apple podcasts uh, or just leave a rating, whatever floats your boat, but anything is incredibly helpful and amazing. Uh, make sure you also check out our other podcast, The West End Frame Show, to stay up to date with everything going on in Theatreland. You can find West End Frame on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. I'll be back next Friday with another Catherine Howard. This time it's the wonderful Samantha Pawley, who is part of Six on Broadway and last year played Ava Perron in the London revival of Evita. 